Welcome to another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Padilla Jones, and I am your host. Our topic is religion. I have been speaking candidly to men and women of faith. I gave them each an opportunity to share their spiritual journey and their faithfulness. I was inspired by their faithfulness, their undeniable love of God and their family. And I listened intently to their openness and their opinions on the role of the church about mentorship and how we can get back to or get to a place of healing in this country and specifically our communities. Today, I will have a candid conversation with longtime friends of mine, Artie Sims and his wife, Vicki, who is currently the vice president of our organization, Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministry. So I want to welcome you both to my show. How are you today, Artie and Vicki? We're doing fine. How are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm really happy that you are joining me today and having this candid conversation with me. It's been a long time. You've followed me on my journey, so I, I'm grateful for the pleasure of sitting down and talking with you. Well, thanks for asking us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Artie, I want to start with you. Yes. And, I, and I want to start with you because I remember that you used to go to church with Vicki, and I used to get quite jealous that I couldn't get my husband to go to church with me. But I was always applauding Vicky on how she was able to get you to go to church with her. But then you stopped. And I often wondered why. And I never had an opportunity to ask you why. So if you don't mind, if we can have a candid conversation, if you can share with me your faith walk and your spiritual journey. And tell us how you got to this place that you are right now. Well, to be honest, I really don't have a faith walk or spiritual journey even though I grew up behind the church. And uh, growing up, I was active in the church, being uh, in the choir at a young age. uh, I was an usher. Later on, as an adult, I taught vacation Bible school. I um, actually taught, uh, you know, a class uh, with a, a number of ministers in it, which I felt so unqualified. But anyway, all along the way, I had my doubts about religion. Mm-hmm. And as I became an adult and got older, I realized I really didn't believe in it. Okay. And when I say I don't believe in it, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't believe in... The devil, this is Resurrection Sunday, as they call it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the resurrection. And all these people who do believe, I mean, personally, I think they've all been hoodwinked since they were kids. I think it's religion gets instilled in kids, and they grow up as adults the same way. And being that it's everywhere, everybody jumps into that same line of thinking i think it's basically brain control okay Mm -hmm. and about a lot of money okay you know i respect your opinion because i respect the opinions of people because i respect freedom and for me it's about freedom and sometimes religions take away freedom i get that and i understand that but let me ask you a question because this is a candid conversation and i do respect your ideas at what point do you feel, um, reli- well, let me ask, if you feel that religion has hurt the community, the black community specifically? To a great extent, I do, because like uh, I can't say most Americans, but I would think uh, I know people in my age group, I'm 66, you grow up and you're worshiping a white Jesus, and um, everybody knows in deepest, darkest Africa, you know, people wasn't coming up white like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I think that was psychological in itself, because if you're worshiping a white Jesus, who's the son of obviously a white God. And I felt that that fell 
in line with, um, you know, slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, you know, when I read in the Bible, there's a number of passages where, you know, they talk about this was okay to do to the slave and that was okay to do to the slave, and it fell in line with white supremacy with me. Okay. I I understand that, as a matter of fact. Um, do you believe in... Uh, I think you said you don't believe in God at all. No. So um, your belief... Um, system then relies in you as a person, as a man. As man in nature. Man in nature. I think nature. things, well, well, some, you know, people say, you know, that was a miracle, and I felt, you know, almost like it was a miracle in in my life that I experienced once when I have a nephew, and everything pointed to him having meningitis. Of course, the church prayed, and everybody tr- prayed, and, you know, he was all right, and people saw that as a uh, miracle, and at the time I did, too. I, then I, you know, I felt, well, you know, we could see it that way, but obviously he didn't have meningitis. And one time, you know, I was, uh, I'd gotten sick in college, and I was had a coma, and I was in uh, on my deathbed in the hospital, and they had said, you know, to call a pastor and call your minister and priest, whomever, because I wasn't going to make it through the night. And, again, I made it through the night. And, you know, even the doctor said, you know, like, basically it was a miracle. But I just feel like, hey, this wasn't my time to die. But <laughs> <laughs> simple as that. Okay. All right, let's bring in Vicky because I think she's going to contrast some of the things that you're saying. So, Vicky, what about you? What about your faith walk? Are you a believer? I am a believer, and I understand what Artie is saying about religion, mm-hmm. and religion keeps people in bondage. And as, my, as I've been journeying through my walk, I no longer, I don't feel that I'm religious-based. Okay. okay. I go on my feelings, my, my spiritualness. You know, I've always had something inside of me, an uh, inkling that there was something or someone over me, mm-hmm. higher than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, like I said before, I grew up as Catholic, so that was my foundation. But in growing and going to Catholic school, there was, I always felt there was something more. You know, and that was definitely ritualistic, you know, going to um, uh, school and having the uh, catechism classes, which didn't teach me anything, Mm -hmm. and then going to Mass and up and down, up and down, praying the rosary, confessing to the priest. And and as I got older, I, I knew there was something more, and it was something more for me when I went to college and met a, a young lady, she was a born-again Christian, and that was something I never heard of, you know. So I went to her church and 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 got a better understanding who Jesus Christ was and what he did. And I decided then I wanted to be baptized as, quote, unquote, quote, born again, and I accepted Jesus into my life. So I've always had something inside of me uh, pulling me nudging at me to seek, to seek. Mm-hmm. and that's what I did. And so I, I get what Artie's saying is about religion, but I, I, it's an individual thing because it's been a struggle for me and with him regarding this because when we started dating, I was going to, uh, I, was going, I was studying with uh, a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. And so when he saw me going that way, he even said to me that we could not get married if I continue because, quote-unquote, what he said, for, for me and my house, we would serve the Lord. So that, to me, was saying, I'm taking control, I'm the head of the house, and we will fellowship together. So I felt that I was hoodwinked <laughs> because here we are, he, you know, he's not being the man who I thought he was going to be as far as... Um, Submitting to God, mm-hmm. you know, because having, for me, God is my barometer. 
on how I, I do things. Right. You know, and I just live by the law that, you know, you treat other people right and have love. And that's just how I, I operate. Oh. And I can't control him and I can't control anybody else. So I, I pray for him, you know, and, and I do believe miracles happen because in his life, just seeing what he's gone through, the number of car accidents that he's had. And I keep saying, God has a purpose for you. Okay. But, you know, that's my journey. Right. One of the things that I stress, and you know, in the ministry, I stress this too, because you have been a, a active part of the ministry since, what, 10, 10 years now? 2000, uh, 2008. Yeah, so a, a long time. One mm-hmm. of the things that we don't do is we don't um, intrude on people's freedoms. We True. we present information, and you mm-hmm. use that information. Our whole goal is to better your life. Correct. Our whole goal is to take this information that you receive and see how you can apply it to your own life. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. we're not here to judge to, to judge or to say mm-hmm. that somebody's faith walk is wrong. Or I appreciate um, Artie's candid. And that he's able to speak to me on that um, note. I'm going to say that I feel what you're feeling because I think our relationships are similar because, you know, my husband, and he's going to be on the podcast a little bit later as we talk about our journey together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt the same as you. I felt that Al and I had a spiritual connection. He seemed that he um, had a spiritual um, part of himself that I was drawn to and. I never even imagined that he would not be a believer because he talked right. as if he was one. And we felt, I felt this connection. He knew me from the very beginning and knew that I had a connection to my highest source too as well. But he's, he does, um, he does feel as Artie do. And I'm going to let him speak his own um, journey as we reach the end of this, these um, podcasts and he's going to be my last guest. But okay. I do understand how you feel about being hoodwinked <laughs> because <laughs> you felt like you were on this journey together. Yes, yes. And it turns out that you're not. But here's what I want to talk about um, to, to the both of you. Artie, you mentioned something, and this is very important to me, very important to me. You mentioned something about the idea of a white Jesus. And I know for a fact that that has been the talking points of a lot of uh, black individuals who feel differently about the church Vicki as you know it I felt differently as I began to study go to seminary school and and learn Mm -hmm. all that I needed to learn I began Mm -hmm. to come back and tell you even you how differently I felt let's talk about the the concept of a white Jesus when you say that you believe in Christ are you saying that you believe in the the western world's idea of a white Christ is that what you're saying Uh, absolutely not Absolutely not. And as you have often said, you have to dig deep and seek for yourself. So in my mind, there is no color. Okay? There is no color for me. It's, it's a spiritualness for me. And accepting Jesus Christ and his Father, God. You know, that's, that's the only way I can answer that. Okay, Artie, and what do you say about when you hear Vicky say there's no color? Come closer. I can't hear you. Come closer to the phone. Can you hear me? No, I can barely hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, because I had <laughs> muted myself before after I, I stopped talking. Okay. But to, to you know, your point, um, I lost it. Well, what was the question again? How do you feel about Vicky um, um, saying that she doesn't see color when she talks oh, about? Because yeah. okay. you had mentioned the white Jesus, so you know that, that that's an interesting point. But if you Google images of God, all you're going to see—well, not all—you're going to see white, 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 white representations. And then, you know, you might see a black one here and there, mm-hmm. but 
the vast majority of the images that you see, if you Google it, are going to be white images. Because, again, I think it was all part of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that, and I, and I can see how, you, and that's what it was, how it was used. But as you grow, you know, as you grow, I didn't grow up with the white Jesus in my house. Okay, there was no pictures. Okay, even growing up Catholic, we didn't have any pictures. Wow, I find um, that hard to believe, Vicky. Really? We did not. We did not. We didn't mind church, I know. Yeah. So, but in the church they did when they had a, you know, uh, yesterday was Good Friday and we did the station of the, would do the station of the cross and yes, there was a white Jesus. But for some reason, Caroline, I did not view that as this is my God. You know what I'm saying? That was just a picture. And it, it stayed just a picture for me. Okay, but you can see Artie's point. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. And, it, you know, uh, history shows how it was used. Yes. And still is today. Yes. So you can see his point because I see oh, his yeah. point. I do see his oh, point. Yeah. And we can't, let me just say this. It is very easy for us to say we don't see color. But this is a mm-hmm. world in which we do see color. Yes. Okay. But when it comes to, for, for, for my spiritualness, it, I can't see color. Because then... I will think differently, okay, and then then my my whole spiritual journey has been false. Okay, so I here here's the way I say about that. Um, I understand what you're saying because I don't see color in the sense of my spirituality, mm-hmm. but I do see color when we talk about Christ. And like Artie say, I can't picture a white Christ with blue eyes and and blonde mm-hmm. hair because the environment in which christ existed and and we're still talking as christ existed because you know history has shown us that christ existed if christ has existed and we can acknowledge that christ existed then we Mm -hmm. have to also acknowledge that he could not have possibly been white with blonde hair and blue eyes right and that's when you have to do the research you know you have to do the research because in that region there's no way but like you always said to us, yes. you have to seek for yourself exactly. and study exactly. and read other books. Yes. Now, with that saying, Artie, I want you to listen carefully, too. because And thank you, Vicki, because obviously you learn well. <laughs> so what we're trying to say here, um, Artie, where we understand how Jesus has been used as a weapon and a tool, especially in slavery, the images of a white Jesus, the images that has been thrown onto to black culture as this, this white Jesus with, with blonde hair and blue eyes has been used as a tool coming out of slavery. But what Vicki is saying and what I am saying also too, and this is simply our experience, is that we don't see the the message and the lessons that Jesus actually came to give as color. There is no color to that. It's universal. Even if you take away his whiteness or his blackness, you can't deny the message. So getting away from the whole Jesus theory right now, are you also opposed to his way of life? When you say his way of life, what do you mean? I'm talking about the way he lived, the way he walked, the way he talked, the messages he gave. Do It was not Jesus who, who, who basically said to worship him. It was mankind after he left that, that said that, first of all. But his way of life, the way he lived, are, are, you, well, again, are you opposed to that? Well, again, if I don't believe in him, I can't believe in how he lived. Because I don't believe he lived. All right. So mm. you don't believe he existed. Correct. Okay. Wow. All right. No, no, no. That's fine. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because I the have man. to know what we're, what we're talking about. So you don't believe a man named Jesus even existed, black or white. Correct. Okay. Okay. I think it was almost like this giant fairy tale. Wow. And um, that brings me to a, a, another part. Because you have this giant fairy tale, and then that fairy tale is tithing, and you have all these religious institutions and religious, whether you call them a 
priest, whether you call them a pastor, minister, whatever, who are filthy, stinking rich in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. and it really, like, blows my mind. Okay. So you, you, know, see, you, you see Jesus as a political tool. Well, as I say, it's not only political, financial. Okay. Because all these people, you know, they've made oodles of money from T.D. Jakes to um, Olstein to Teflo Dollar, him wanting his $60 million jet. I mean, give me a break. And you take, and you look at the Vatican, all the wealth that they earn, that they own, and you have people, you know, can barely put food on the table, yet they're giving to the church. And I got issues with that. Okay. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, as you know, I've made myself quite clear and I'll make myself clear for the purpose of this podcast. And Vicki, you are my witness. I don't believe in tithing. I never have. And I don't teach it. And when, and I have my reasons why pretty much what you just said, I believe in giving, which is different than tithing. I can see that too. You understand what I'm saying? I believe. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I believe in giving. I believe Mm -hmm. in being able to help someone who's less fortunate than me. I am a giver. My whole family is givers. We Mm -hmm. do not fall into the category of um, feeling obligated to do something for someone. No one will guilt me into doing anything for them. I I don't subscribe to that because it takes away from freedom. So I, I never subscribe to that. And as far as me, I don't ask anybody for anything. And Vicki as my witness, mm-hmm. I freely I give because right. I'm basically trying to give you information that I believe will improve your life. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I want to put that out there so that we understand mm-hmm. that I'm not on that bandwagon. And I agree with some of the things that you said. Um, I can separate that though from my faith walk, from my spiritual journey. Um, and that's what I want to talk about right now. Um, you Can have, I just add one, add yes, something? please do. Yes. Okay. Um, and re- regarding you, I don't know how you do things, but from just what the little I know from the outside looking in, I think you do a very good job in what you do. Thank you. And spreading, you know, your belief in the way that you do it. And I think it's very, very commendable, just like a lot of the teachings of the Bible and various religions. I can relate to that also for something as simple as, you know, to love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm fine with that, just that so much of it I'm not fine with. And one thing else I want to add, even though my wife and I are on different sides of the rainbow, I try not to influence her. Yes. She tries, um, I think she's a little bit more in trying to influence me. <laughs> and I don't blame her for that. Right. But we don't go to battle over religion. Sometimes, you know, uh, I'll tease you, like, you going out again for this, Bible study, this, that, and the <laughs> other. But at the same time, I don't put her down for her beliefs. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Other people down. Thank you for sharing that, Artie. I really thank you for sharing that because that's Mm -hmm. another aspect of it. And that's another aspect in which you and my husband share. He has never, ever Mm -hmm. come between me and my spiritual belief, my um, my ministry. He has supported me in my ministry. He, like you, thinks I do good work and and um, he commends me for I'm taking the time to do what I do. He knows me. He knows my heart. He knows I'm coming from a true space and that I'm not out here trying to take from people or trying to bamboozle anyone. He knows that my heart is geared toward doing what is right always and giving you an opportunity to live your best life. And so I want to thank you for that. I thank you for being that person for Vicky because I don't think she would have been able to to work side by side with me in what we do if she did not have your support. Right. So that needs right. to be True. that needs to be said. Yes. Yeah. And I thank I you for see, that. Hey, I, I can see us definitely going east and west. 
because a lot of people do go east and west over, you know, money, mm -hmm. uh, this, that, and the other, and religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be fighting with her. Right. Because I love her like the air I breathe. Yes, she I know. my oxygen. Yes, I know. And that being the case, I couldn't see battling her over what I believe versus what she believes. Right. And one of so the things, in, yes. We stay in our lane. Yes. And one yes. of the things that yes. this ministry promotes is family. And, and yes. that is yes. the one thing. We have always promoted family. Yes. Good relationships with your husband. Um, mm -hmm. Good relationships with your children. To yes. me, that's foremost, more important than any relationship that you would have with a physical church. Yes. For me, it has always been about relationship with God, but relationship with your family. Yes. I, I, because, yes, because of my love of God, I have a strong love of family and yes. not only just family, my friends and my relationships mm -hmm. right. are important mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to get back to what Artie was saying about the church and I can see what he's saying and why he feels that way because when back in, in the book of Acts, when the church was started, everyone brought what they had to the church, mm -hmm. and everything was disseminated amongst everyone. Right. And so the church is, is lacking that, you know? And if you have a mega church in a community, why not help the community? Mm -hmm. there, there, no one should be lacking, is what I'm trying to say. I know what you're no trying to say. No one should be lacking. That brings me to my question that I always ask. What is the church's responsibility in the community? Yeah. Good point. To serve. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we, that's what Christians to me are to serve. And it starts with the family. Take care of your family. Yes. Then you can go take care of your, your neighbors. Mm. And I do see that, dear. I see TV taking care of his family. I see Mr. Osteen taking his family, taking care of his family, and on and on and on and on and on. They're taking very good care of their family. And the parishioners are probably having a hard time just paying their bills. I'm just saying. No, and it's, it's good that you say that. My next conversation that I'm going to have with my next guest, we're going to talk greatly about that. So I'm glad mm -hmm. that I didn't expect this to go this way, but I'm glad it's going this way. Mm -hmm. Because I have a podcast scheduled for right after you. And okay. that will be the conversation that we talk about. But let's okay. talk about community. Let's talk about the black community. Let's talk about black women in particularly who spend most of their time in the church, who give most mm -hmm. of their money to the church. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's really... I want to talk about that because I had some issue with that early on in my walk. Early on in my walk, I had a real problem with that. Because for me, anybody who would neglect their family for an institution, whether it's church or whether it's school, whether it's anything, to me, I had a, always had an issue with you not putting family first. So when we talk, let's talk about the community and, and what is the community's responsibility because we can talk about the church. We can talk about the pastors who are, you know, asking for these ties and living large, whatever. But the community is giving it. True. true. That is true. So that what is, is the community's responsibility in educating themselves and in understanding the balance between um, church and family? What is the community's responsibility? Let's talk about you that. Know, I think it works hand-in-hand, hand, both with the community and the church. The church has to make themselves visible in the community. You know, I just feel that there should not be anyone without, you know. Uh, I'm sure back in the when we were growing up, Caroline, you know, well, you the church was um, very important in the community. Yes, and you, and they did things with the youth, and it seems like it's gotten away from that. You have so many churches on every corner, but yet there's no togetherness, you know, and that a community can go down to ruins 
when you have a church right there. It's about having dialogue with the community. What is it that I can do to help us be better than what we see right now? You know, be accountable to, to each other. You know, when that, that, that single mother is having problems with her son or daughter, be that, you're that faith-based um, church there, help, assist. She's a sinner. She shouldn't have been a single mother anyway. She shouldn't have been out there fornicating. <laughs> That's what you think uh, the church thinks? A lot of times, yes. Especially the old church. Well. They would cast them out in a minute, in my humble but accurate opinion. Okay, that might be true. That might be yeah. true. <laughs> but, um, but for today, for right now, it's, things are different. Well, I agree. Not, the mindset should be different. I totally agree. Well, let me ask you. Um, what is the church's role and responsibility in education, period? And I'm not just talking about church education. I'm talking about education. <laughs> it should be key. Because with this pandemic, to have so many children of color that don't have resources to, to continue learning, you know, to continue your learning, that if you have... Um, a church that has, um, what I would say, room to have these kids come in and have Internet so they can continue with their, their learning, that's what the church should be doing. When there's a need, service it. And, and, and maybe I'm speaking, I'm thinking too far-fetched, but no, why not? And I think they, they lack in educating the community in basics. Like you mentioned, you know, the family, they should be uplifting fathers so that fathers have some place where they could feel good about themselves mm -hmm. because in the black community, what's probably the biggest lack, along with money, is a father in the family. True. Mm -hmm. And if the father ain't there, the family tends to tumble for so many reasons. And then teaching basic things that aren't taught in school, mm -hmm. like finances. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, know you, you go to school usually for 12 years, and I don't know if you were ever taught how to balance a checkbook. But I never was. I learned on my own. I was not taught. Exactly. We all did. Simple <laughs> yeah. things like that. You know, a great area of lack yeah. in not only the black community, but in uh, the Spanish community also is teaching people about credit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if your money isn't right in the family, everybody knows that causes chaos. Yes. Whether you have a family or if you're single by yourself, if the money isn't right, there's chaos, and mm -hmm. that needs to be taught somewhere, yeah. and it's not. Yeah. And mm -hmm. something, you know, people talk about, you know, having good credit, bad credit, but they don't have a clue on how to make their credit better, nor how to make their credit worse. Okay. Yeah, you know, to have in church, keep it, teaching the basic skills. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Teaching with, the basic skills. Yes. With that said, Vicki, I want you to answer this question. In our ministry, if I ask you right now to describe what we want to do with Start Right, Stay Right, what would your answer be? That would be teaching the basic skills. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? Math, Starting science, physics. Exactly. Yeah. Reading. The importance of, of reading. Yes. The, the importance, because, and you're reading using understanding. Yes. You know? Preach. I agree. Yeah. Agree. So, not that I'm going to be um, um, trying to put uh, Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministry on a pedestal, but I am right now. Because without any assistance from the churches, as I wanted assistance from the churches and got none, we, five of us, Five members of this this organization has tried to be a catalyst to help not just women, but their children as well 
to yeah. teach those basics that we're talking about finance. Yeah. We have programs. We have programs that teach banking and finance and credit and and going to college and funding and all of that stuff. We have the programs, but mm-hmm. we just don't have the people. Right. Can right. I can I just say one thing to that? Mm-hmm. And what you're what you just said there, you know what that becomes? Uh, so many pastors, ministers, whatever, a threat. Mm. I, I'm a threat. Yes. Mm. Because you come in with a program that's organized, and they may not have a program that's organized. And guess who the flock may follow? You. I'm not looking for followers. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about what you're looking for. I'm talking about from the perspective of that pastor. I he, would, may see, he may see you as a threat to taking his flock or her flock. So consequently, we ain't having them come in here. Hmm. <laughs> Mess well, with my money. That is sad. <laughs> it's yeah, very sad, sad. But I believe it's very true, too. But then, and if you don't, you keep people in bondage. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in bondage yeah. mm-hmm. at yeah. all. Because yeah. what I do believe about Jesus and I believe in Jesus, <laughs> is that he came to free us from bondage. And that would mean all types of bondage. It's not the bondage that you choose. And the idea that you keep telling everybody that we are sinners is disturbing to me. When clearly scripture tells us that Jesus came and took sin out of the world. Right. So right. encouraging me to still to be who I was created to be a good person who is able to live according to God's will would be more appeasing to me than you telling me I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a good point because I think a lot of times people get beat up with that. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. you just stop beating people up and, and talk to them how they can have salvation, what, what's expected of them. Salvation is a gift of God. It had nothing to do with you. But what, 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 what does have to do with you is you understanding who you are and your place and what you are able to do. I want to motivate you to be your best you because maybe you don't know that you have the ability to go beyond what you think you can go beyond. I don't want to keep you in bondage. I don't want you to be under my foot. I want you to understand that you have the power within yourself to become whoever it is you choose to become. Even if what you choose to become is evil, that is still your right. You understand? I'm not afraid to tell you that you have been set free to choose the life you want to live. I'm confident that there are good people in the world, people who want to live good, who want to help other people if they can, who want to uh, help their family, who want to lift up um, their children and anybody else that they can lift up. See, I don't come from the school that the whole world is evil and that we're going to hell in a handbasket. But that's just me. We're talking about you right now. <laughs> so yeah so as we start to wrap this up uh, just tell me what do you think um needs to happen um in order for our community to come together um to reconstruct to rebuild to to be better how do we do that Artie? let's start with you i think you need to come together to express thought and come up with uh uh, just working together, because too much in, in this country, we are are taught or we feel we have to make it on our own, because there's too much money in the black community for us to be where we are as a people, because we don't put that money together to work for the common good of if not everyone in each community okay 
And Vicki, this comes to what you said about the early church in Acts, as they all came together and had all things in common, working together to make sure nobody is without. Do you yeah. feel like the black community needs to, if they're going to be religious in the first place, go back to a place where they can come together with all things in common and work together as a community to build? What are yes. your thoughts? Yeah, yes. And, and, and uh, when Artie was talking, I'm saying, how can I... Um, be a catalyst and in, in, in that, you know what I'm saying? You know, we always talk about coming together, but we we got to put a foot forward in doing that and, that, and that's each one of us, you know? And how do I do that? That's the question, how? The black community is a very large community. Yeah. So how do we start? Where do we start? Yeah. You don't have and an I answer? With, with, with sisters having sisters, with our, with our Start Right, Stay Right program, that's a start. It's a start. That's a start. It's a start only if we can get the program out to the ones who need the program. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the question mm-hmm. becomes how. But um, yeah. what about starting with your own families? So many of mm-hmm. us are sitting in churches singing hallelujah and talking about how much they love God, but yet they're feuding with their own families. Yeah, yes, yes. So how about we start there in our own families? Mm, yeah. Applying what we've learned sitting in church to our own selves, loving your husbands, respecting them for who they are, even if they don't believe like you believe, loving them yes. unconditionally anyway. And that same yeah. thing goes to the husbands, loving your wife. Even if she doesn't believe what you believe or walk the way you walk, but just, you know, Artie, you said something that really touched my heart. She is the air that I breathe, the oxygen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love to hear men, but especially black men, talk about their wives in that way. Mm-hmm. We are your connection. We, trust me when I tell you, we love you. We love you. And to hear a black man speak about his wife and the manner in which you did does my heart so good. Because that's where I believe it starts. It starts with the husband and the wife coming together and understanding that together they can do all things. But separate, there's going to be all kinds of chaos happening. And you can think different thoughts and still be together. And can I just add to that? Um and when you have that love amongst the parents, you know, your kids can see you can differ on this and differ on that, but I think it does so much for the family when they know that mommy and daddy totally love each other. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it helps bring a peace and a calm throughout the family. Absolutely. I think there's no better way of describing what unconditional love is. It is between a husband and a wife that can share that kind of love with each other. And knowing that they're different. They don't share the same blood. Now, you share Mm -hmm. the same blood with your children, but you don't share the same blood with your wife or your husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you can come together as one and you can be one as if you were of one blood. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is magnificent to me. And something as simple as, again, for the family to come together, when the kids see mom and dad showing affection for each other, they embrace each other. You know, I always raised my kids to know that I loved my wife, but also I loved them. Mm Mm-hmm. And we had no problem saying to each other, and we still do to this day, uh, you know, I love you. And we're all adults. Yes. You know, but I think it's so important because I know when I was growing up, I never heard my father say I love you. Yeah, me neither. You know, I don't remember hearing my mother say I love you, but I remember being an adult saying it to them. Mm-hmm. to get it back in return. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think that needs to be sown in all families. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So, I totally believe yeah. in the power of love. Great. So Amen. 
Amen is right. So I'm going to give you both an opportunity to do a closing statement. What would be the message that you give not only to the churches, but to black families? Because I'm about trying to bring us all together. I I really want us to come together. I'm seeing what's happening in the world. I don't like it, but I feel like it's our responsibility to to fix it. So Mm -hmm. with that said, I'm giving you both an opportunity to tell me what is your message? Amy? My message is to love. And you may not agree with the person, but just try to find the, the common, something common with them. And just take them at face value and just respect. Respect. If we come down, if we respect one another, okay, doesn't matter what they look like, what they're wearing, respect. We don't respect one another. Mm-hmm. Having respect. Okay. And then having love. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Artie. And I feel we should try our best to uplift each other because so many people are out there putting people down, including parents putting down, you know, their kids, you know, you're this, you're that, you're never going to be this, you're never going to be that. And, that just beats somebody down. What we need to do is be lifting people up so they can feel better about yourself. Because when you feel better about yourself, you make other people feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. It becomes contagious, All I right. feel. All right. I like that. I like thank that. You. I'm going to thank you both for being very candid with me because I love the conversations I literally want my guests to feel like they can talk to me about anything I do not judge I literally just want to come together so that we can talk things out um thank you for coming I want to say in closing though I don't necessarily get all bent out of shape about what people believe or what they don't believe I believe that all things are possible to those who do believe. <laughs> so I know that I can do all things, but that's just me. And I would like for other people to be able to understand what they have the power to do. And I know that, and scientists have proven it, that what we think in our minds and what we say from our lips literally becomes our reality. So whatever you believe, I'm just going to leave you with this. Think good thoughts, not evil ones. If you choose to, to think evil thoughts, that's fine. But just know that, you know, there's some consequences that come with that too. But I encourage you all to walk your walk and to not let anyone define you and to live the life that you choose to live and do it in love. Those are my final thoughts to you. It was a pleasure being uh, a guest on your show. And it was a pleasure having you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I thank you for this. Okay. Well, I hope you'll join me again um, in December when we do our live Zoom meeting and I have all of my guests back. I hope you'll be part of that. Okie dokie. Yes. All right then. So thank all you right very then. much for joining me and I'll talk to you both again very soon. Very good. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We don't always believe the same thing. And everybody's walk, whether it's spiritual or whether it's not, is going to be different. I think if we spend more time thinking about our own walk and learning about ourselves... And trying to be the best version of ourselves. There might be a little less chaos in the world. I know love is the ruler of all things. But I am not so naive that I don't believe that there's also evil in the world. I believe that there is evil in the world. But I also believe that there's a lot of love in the world. And there's a lot of good in the world. And it don't always come from the same place. I was raised to love all people and I do love all people I do not always love the way people treat other people or even their lifestyles at times 
but I lived long enough to know that it is truly their business. And I try not to get into other people's business. I believe in free will. I believe that people have a right to live however they choose. However, I do believe that our consequences are not by our choosing. So I leave you with this thought as I did earlier. Choose the road in which you're going to go. Live the life in which you want to live. Enjoy your life. Eat, drink, and be merry. But remember, every single road we cross, walk down, get involved in, leads us somewhere. We don't always like where it leads us, but it will lead us somewhere. So choose wisely and live on purpose. This is Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones with another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with me, your host. And I hope to see you again next time as my host will be, well, my co-host. I want to tell you that I have a co-host, but I'll talk about that a little bit later as we um, talk a little bit more about this religious journey that um, I've been on. My next guest um, that's coming up after this one next month will be someone who I am going to talk about the political side of religion. We're going to talk about slavery. We're going to talk about reconstructing this gospel. We're going to talk about some truths. We're going to talk about how we got the Bible in the first place. We're going to talk about all those things as we get to the end of this journey on religion. I hope you'll stay tuned for that. I'll see you next month.